Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Hey, Nicole, it's so great to see you. What is going on in Ohio today? Well, it's pouring right now. Oh, wow. But we, okay. We, we needed the rain, so we yeah. will take it. We've been in this unseasonable second summer currently, but I think we're about to actually have fall weather. Okay. Okay. Maybe a little bit, some of those green shoots of the, the fall pastures finally coming up uh, as the heat dissipates and those cool season grasses come up. And you can check out that podcast a few weeks ago. But today, thoroughbreds. We've been talking about some of these breeds, quarter horses, the gated horses was fun. Thoroughbreds, one of my favorite breeds. I mean, it's an old breed. They're everywhere around the world. You you know, you see them racing, you see them eventing, you see them as backyard pets. How do they differ from some of these other breeds we've talked about? Sure. Well, first, let's say it's like Thoroughbred Month, RRP, (laughs) like lots of showcasing of the thoroughbreds. So this is perfect timing to talk about them. You know, thoroughbreds are no different than any other horse in a lot of ways, right? A horse is a horse. Their digestive physiology is all exactly the same. When we look at nutrient requirements, they don't differ by breed. And yet there are some classic characteristics that you might attribute to the thoroughbred. And and I do want to say from the very start, there is variety in every breed, including the thoroughbred. You know, you see itty bitty thoroughbreds that are 15 hands up to 18 hand monsters. They do tons of different jobs when they come off the track, like you mentioned. But in general, when we think about the thoroughbred, I mean, the vast majority of them are bred to race. There's a handful of thoroughbreds that are bred to specifically be sport horses. So when we think about what they've been genetically selected to do, which is to run fast and develop quickly, like today's racing industry really rewards horses that are very successful when they are young. There are some traits that they are specifically selecting for that do influence you know, the thoroughbred horse a little bit. Um, Think about their muscle type, right? So they're bred to run fast. They tend to be a little bit leaner than, for example, if you were breeding a halter quarter horse, you're breeding for entirely different muscle mass. You know, in terms of their structure, again, there's a lot of variety in the conformation of thoroughbreds and a lot of different sizes. In general, compared to some of our other breeds, especially when they are younger, like when they're first coming off the track, they tend to be a little bit leaner, more refined in their frame. That does not mean that once they've lost the track body that some of them don't pass for quarter horses or warm bloods if you don't know better. But those would be kind of some general things that we think about that might be a little bit different about the thoroughbred. In terms of feeding, which we'll get into, you know, I think there is specifically a difference in feeding a thoroughbred who is directly off the track And there's some refinements that we need to make and understanding a little bit why they might be different. For example, your average four-year-old thoroughbred versus a sport horse that has been managed and exercised differently, why they might look different at that time. That doesn't mean by the time that they're 10 or 12 that they're functionally any different than another horse who's doing the same job as them at the same intensity. Yeah, no, I mean, and they are so versatile. You, you see them in so many different events. I mean, I, you know, I go back to when I worked at the racetrack and l- very lean and, and, you know, I didn't know better back then as, as a young undergrad. And 
muscle, just bull. I mean, just so strong, so fast, so gorgeous, just beautiful horses. And then I've seen some eventers and you're right. I, I'm like, oh, is that a warm blood? No, that's a thoroughbred, you know, and, and they fill out and, and it's, it, it is hard to distinguish. Um, but they've, they've never looked like a halter horse. I've yet to see <laughs> no. <laughs> no, a halter quarter horse. Okay. So looking at feeding them, because I, I do want to talk to you a little bit later about, like you said, coming off the track. So we, I can give you a situation where you have one coming off the track and they've had that really dense energy diet. But just starting some of the nutrients for thoroughbreds and, and starting with energy, if, you know, general recommendations for the breed, what are some of the things you would suggest? Sure. So one thing when I think about energy, so if you look at the NRC, the Nutrient Requirements Forces, where we get, you know, all the basics that we make our recommendations based off of, etc. There is one specific, if you're this size horse working in this intensity, you need this much digestible energy or calories per day, recognizing that, that frankly, it's not that simple. So I would say, again, talking averages, many of our thoroughbreds, particularly when they come straight off the track, have a higher basal metabolism, meaning that just existing, they're burning more calories than their equal size and uh, level of work counterpart might. Now, some of that might come down to their physiology in the sense their level of fitness when they come right off the track. Some of it also comes down to differences in their personality. So I will give you a great example. I have had a variety of different breeds um, and I, I have had many thoroughbreds grew up riding them. And right now I have a pasture that has um, an older appendix cross, chunky quarter type and a thoroughbred. And if you were to put pedometers on them, that thoroughbred probably walks 10,000 more steps per day than the other horse. So it may be not that his, you know, they're both retired, they're both hanging out, but his basic nature means that he's just burning more calories existing because he's like, hey, what's going on over here? Ah, what's going on over there? And the other horse never picks up his head from the grass. So, you know, there are some of those differences there. Now, thinking about how this translates functionally, okay, so we'll, we'll go through, you know, some specific examples a little bit later on, but in general, in general, if we have a horse who is a harder keeper, which many, but not all the thoroughbreds are, we want to think about the types of calories we provide. Number one, most of their calories should be coming from their forage such that we are maximizing quantity and quality of forage in these horses' diets. Often not the type of horse that really thrives on the two flakes a day, morning, PM type situation that, that is never probably ideal for gut health, but a lot of the easy keepers could probably get away with. These tend to be horses that do much better on free choice forage or as close as you can get to it, the higher quality, the better, because that's also really good for digestive health. And then when we think about filling in the additional energy gaps. So how much additional energy is required to maintain their body condition within that healthy range between a four and a six, the racing fit thoroughbred will be a four. If you want it to be a show hunter in its second job, you want it closer to a six, just realistically mm -hmm. thinking about the type of calories we provide, because generally, again, thinking about the average disposition 
Um, there are definitely deadhead thoroughbreds, have one of those. But if they're the spicier type, we want to be very careful about those additional calories in making them lower in sugar and starches, so non-structural carbohydrates, corn, oats, barley, sticky sweet feed. So providing those additional calories through feeds that are high in fat and fiber is a nice way to fill in that gap. Now, what that functionally looks like, it, it's going to vary quite a bit. Um, but I would ultimately say if we're talking about the biggest, broadest of averages, sure, a lot of thoroughbreds need more energy than their counterparts. And we'd love to see as much of that energy as possible come from forage because it's good for gut health and then add fat and fiber to fill in the difference. It's funny. I, you know, whenever I think of energy, I always instantly go to carbs, like, you know, because they're quick burning. Right. And then you do talk about the fat, the slow burning. I always forget fiber. I don't know why. I just fibers. Most of their energy comes from fiber, from that high yeah. gut. Yeah. So it, it's 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 always important to remember. You're right. Good high quality hay or good quality pastures where the horse is going to get most of their energy. Okay. So some of these other nutrient categories, like you said, spicier. They're they're more active. They're breaking down or, or their, their muscles are working more, right? So do they need more support with protein than, say, some of these other breeds that we've talked about? Mm, great question. So f from a physiology standpoint, no, right? The protein requirement is the protein requirement. The amino acid requirement is the amino acid requirement. Now, as your work level goes up, yes, you do require more, really, of those amino acids to support work, to support rebuilding of muscle. What I would say is down the road, not really different. Where we functionally see a difference very readily, and, and I'm not saying that this is a difference necessarily supported by research that says their requirement is X compared to the average horse. But uh, having fed lots of these critters, you know, working with lots of clients, what we do see is when a horse comes off the track and it's moving into its second sport horse career. One, its basal metabolism tends to be very high unless it's had a very long letdown between track life and sport horse career. And number two, you're asking them to develop an entirely new set of muscles, independent of what type of discipline, because thoroughbreds are so flexible in what they can do in their second career. But the muscles used for racing are much different than the muscles that we really rely on in sport horse type careers. So ultimately, most of these horses really need to develop a top line, and that absolutely takes time. But they tend to benefit from a higher concentration of those essential amino acids in their diet. And the functional way we do that very easily, very economically, is to add ration balancer on top of their full intake feed. So very rarely especially younger thoroughbred, you have one that's just going to consume a ration balancer, even if you have great hay, that's just generally not enough calories. I'm not saying that there's not one out there somewhere, but on average. So what that usually looks like is we think about their energy needs. So we've picked a feed that's high in fat and fiber, and it fills in those additional calories beyond their hay that they need to maintain their body condition. And then on top of the four, six, eight pounds required of that full intake feed to meet their energy needs, we add a pound of ration balancer, like essential K on top of that to give them a boost of those essential amino acids that as they're transitioning their muscles from racehorse muscles mm -hmm. to sport horse muscles, they have that extra support and they tend to respond really, really well to that. 
Now, the other class of, of nutrients is vitamins and minerals because we, we, we've done podcasts on them and, and learned a lot about what they do and, and why they're important. Uh, just anything special, I guess, with thoroughbreds. Is there any, any, any ones that come to mind? Hey, we may want to check that. We may want to make sure that's boosted a little bit. I mean, obviously, we, we always look for deficiencies in the hay and, and, and pastures. But is there any extra vitamins or minerals you would suggest for thoroughbreds? No, this is pretty straightforward yeah. for two reasons. One, again, you know, their VTM, their vitamin trace mineral need is reflective of their level of work. The thing is, unlike the easy keeper, where sometimes we have trouble getting enough of these in the horse's diet, if you're feeding a good quality concentrate, due to the quantity of feed that we end up feeding these critters, as long as it's fortified and you're using it appropriately, very rarely are we going to see an issue where a horse, a thoroughbred specifically, isn't meeting their vitamin and mineral needs because they're just simply consuming a great enough quantity of feed that if it's well fortified, you don't need to be adding extras on top of that. Yeah. And I would just say, always don't forget about water too. I mean, water is always important, clean, um, fresh water always for your horses doesn't I don't care what breed it is what species it is <laughs> donkeys horses if you have a pet zebra some of you do <laughs> I know down in Florida some people did it, make sure they always have good clean water all right absolutely now transition a little bit to, to to some examples because like they are so versatile so it, it is hard in, in your position to sit here and say well here's the general recommendations but we can we can drill down a little bit into some of this and I think it would be good to kind of, and, and I've been there, and again, this was way back in the day, uh, feeding horses at the racetrack. What does their diet look like? <laughs> yeah, if you're not a race person, I, I think this might be a little surprising. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So on the racetrack, uh, your thoroughbreds, again, generally speaking, right? I'm not speaking for every trainer out there, but I've been on the backside quite a bit. So they have generally free choice hay in a hay net. So sometimes you'll get horses off the track. Very common that they don't understand eating hay off the ground. They will turn it into bedding. So they're used to eating from a hay net mm -hmm. all the time. Often they're going to get some alfalfa on the track as well. Some folks are going to feed straight alfalfa. I tend to see lots of trainers have a grass hay net out full time, and then they add a couple flakes of alfalfa as well. So lots of hay. But um, because of how intensely the thoroughbred is exercised, okay, if you have to remember, we've kind of, we've touched on this more than once. No horse really works harder when we talk about level of intensity than the thoroughbred racehorse. And they're eating a concentrate anywhere between 18 and 24 pounds of concentrate per day. And they tend to be fairly high MSC. I will say that we've seen a shift. None of them are low in non-structural carbohydrates. And frankly, they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. These horses are working so hard. They need those non-structural carbohydrates in order to do their job. You can push that too far though, but we've, we have seen a shift towards feeding higher fat feeds on the racetrack and some of those quantities coming down. Um, but I will tell you some of these top trainers, I mean, the horses are eating upwards of 20 pounds of concentrate per day, split anywhere between two and four meals. So, you know, the folks that have their resources and are able to do so understand that they're better off feeding multiple small meals. So many of these horses are eating their concentrate across four meals per day. 
Yeah, it, it, it's uh, the barn I was working for was was one of the top. I was just so lucky way back in the day to work for him, and uh, just it, it was an incredible experience. But the thing that, as you were talking, it's so funny how smells always come back to you in your life. And this is a, a while ago. I'm talking, you know, a couple decades ago when I was working on the racetrack, and I could still smell their manure because it was like cow patties because they had so much grain in their diets, and it just had a sweet smell to it. It's just the smell of the barn at the racetrack is just like something I've never experienced compared to yeah. other barns. And I would say that we have seen a shift that the diets are still high NSC today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They would be lower NSC and a little bit higher fat compared to what you Yesteryear. not saying, not, not saying you're old, Chris, but like what you experienced <laughs> back in the day. So, so certainly yeah. much different than we'd ever recommend that you feed a sport horse. Yeah. Um, but there has been a shift towards, yeah. you know, understanding the value of higher fat feed and high fat in a racehorse looks a little bit different than high fat in a sport horse. Um, yeah. There's very rare circumstances where I'm putting a 12% fat feed in front of a racehorse. Although I do occasionally if they're a tie up case. Um, but um, it certainly is a little lower grain than you're used to back in the day and a little higher fat. Yeah. Like se seven to 10% fat would be kind of the realm that we see a lot of the more modern race feeds today. Versus yeah. I, I yours was three to four percent fat and mostly corn oats barley yep yep and like i said we were feeding straight corn way back when i was getting my master's degree so a few minutes ago you you, you briefly touched upon horses coming off the track what that diet might look like do you want to kind of uh, recap that real quick since we're here talking about what they they look like on the track yeah. So I, I think having that understanding of like the sheer quantity of calories, because these horses are so fit, because a trap that I see folks fall into that simply aren't used to how those horses are fed is a lot of them go through a crash when they come off the track where they, they lose weight, they lose muscle, they, they really don't look great. And there's certainly, of course, are oftentimes underlying gastrointestinal, like high incidence of ulcers, things like that you have to deal with as well. But recognizing that when you get this horse off the track, even though you're probably not doing a lot of exercise with them, because they are so fit and used to consuming such a high calorie diet, their basal metabolism for at least the first couple months and often the first year is still incredibly high. So if you were to bring them off the track where they've been, and I'm not saying you feed the crazy amounts of feed, I'm not saying that at all, mm -hmm. but if you were to take them off the track and then, you know, you're not really doing a ton, you're introducing them to sport horse life. They're learning like things, they're learning, you know, new skills in, in another horse that might look like four pounds, six pounds of feed per day. If you feed the thoroughbred that way, they often do experience that crash and they don't look great. And then you're kind of digging yourself out of a hole to get their body condition the way you want it to look. So coming off the track, my recommendation would absolutely be maximizing the calories from their forage. So free choice forage, if at all possible, really great. Also helps address, you know, that high incidence of ulcers, things like that. You've moved them to a new home. You've changed their routine intensely. And I will say there's, there's a lot of stressors on the track, but horses do tend to love routine. And I, I've walked mm -hmm. through the backside where every horse is napping at 10 AM, just happy in their routine. Mm -hmm. So you're changing their routine. You're changing their lifestyle. Everything in their life is changing. So gut health issues can be very common just because of that. So maximizing calories that come from forage, um, 
really great grass hay, throwing in some alfalfa if possible, and then recognizing that small quantity of concentrate is probably not going to do it. Obviously, there's a range, but I would say in general, most of the horses I've worked with coming off the track are eating between six and 10 pounds per day of a high fat, lower NSC concentrate. So a senior sport, a calm ultra, those really high calorie feeds. They might not be on that forever, but in order to maintain their weight, and even though you look at them going, God, I'm you know doing 20 minutes of walk track canner three times a week, they need more calories as their bodies are changing in order to keep up with that change. So I'd, I'd recommend that you maybe feed a little bit more aggressively than you think you might need to, and then back off over time. And of course, particularly if you're on the lower end of that feeding rate, adding that pound of a ration balancer like Essential K can really be helpful as they develop those sport horse muscles. Yeah, and just for those listening to you can always, if you have any questions, just this is a good plug here. The contact us link is in the show notes and you can speak with an equine nutritionist directly and they can help you uh, adjust because it, it can be overwhelming, you know, with all that. And then, it, you know, you talk about gut health. So I'm thinking uh, pre-probiotics with like constant comfort or something like that come in where that would really help settle down some of those gut issues. Oh, absolutely. I would recommend constant comfort for every single horse coming straight off the track. Mm. Also recognizing some of them, in addition, like a supplement won't be enough. They they Mm. might need an actual treatment for ulcers. Um, The constant comfort definitely won't hurt. But yeah, that would absolutely be part of my program. Just full stop recognizing that's part of the base. All right, switching gears. Now you have a thoroughbred. It's whether it's off the track, you know, transitioned or all that, but are moderately exercising thoroughbreds. So taking all of that into consideration, which you started off with, like you said, your spicier horse that's walking 10,000, 20,000 more steps a day uh, versus the one that that's that's not. But moderately exercising, what, what kind of diet does that look like? So Chris, at this point, I would say like once we're, we've transitioned off the track, I'm now thinking about them just as individuals rather than as this is a thoroughbred, I feed it this way. Now, I am absolutely keeping in mind lots of forage, lower NSC, higher fat calories, but I can give you examples of, you know, horses doing the same level of work where the thoroughbred is eating less than the warm blood or, you know, less than the quarter horse counterpart. So I would say, I think thoroughbreds tend to get a reputation that's based on their feeding needs as they come straight off the track. Or, frankly, they're put in situations where maybe folks aren't used to managing a horse who has a little bit higher need than like your average easy keeper type. And then, you know, a broad brush is taken. So at this point, I'd recommend we start looking at them as individuals rather than, you know, as this is a thoroughbred, I must feed it this way. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you know, if they are still a harder keeper, absolutely the same tenants we talk about as they're transitioning off the track, that might follow through their whole sport horse career. Absolutely. But I'd encourage people to maybe step back that once they're let down, they're in their new job to maybe let go of some of the thoroughbred stereotypes and just assess the individual in front of them for what they are. Good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. Now, this is the one that always gets me. We have a horse that low exercise or not exercise at all because from from the start of 
this podcast, we've always talked about pastures or hay is not enough, right? So what else would they need? They're not expending a lot of energy, but maybe they are. Maybe they are that spicier horse that's active. What would their diets kind of look like, you know, on top of their forage? Yeah. So we still have to fill in the gaps. And if they're on the very easy keeper trend, a ration balancer might be appropriate. So they're getting lots of forage. They're not doing a job. So filling in the gaps of those essential amino acids, trace minerals, vitamins may absolutely just come from a ration balancer. I will say, you know, is that the common one? Probably not. I would say the easier keeping thoroughbred probably still needs some additional calories. Not always, but I would think about, can we feed the minimum label recommendation of our product of choice? So I have senior sport in the barn at home. I have two retirees, um, the ones I told you about in the pasture together. Mm -hmm. The one retiree, that one pound of essential K is plenty, right? That that horse is not expending any additional calories. Horse number two, four pounds of senior sport would be too many calories, but one pound of essential K would not be enough calories. So I really combine the two. So I make one pound of essential K my base. And then depending on how his body condition is maintained, and that might have to do with season, the quality of my forage, et cetera, because it's in this in this example, the forage is truly free choice. So it's just a quality, not a quantity component. He is eating anywhere between one to two additional pounds of senior sport on top of his essential K to meet his energy needs. Mm-hmm. And I could maintain his body condition on those one to two pounds of senior sport, but I would be shorting his nutrients. And that's often what we run into with the true easy keeper. Are we feeding enough calories that that's easy to accomplish? Are we feeding enough nutrients is a separate question. So you kind of have have the two different ends of the spectrum where that horse straight off the track, we are probably totally meeting his nutrient requirements provided we are feeding a quality feed. Are we meeting his calorie requirements? We can tell that based on his body condition. That retired horse, the easy keeper, we want to make sure that we're meeting his nutrient needs and that we're not underfeeding a full intake product. All solid advice. Well, I think we could leave it there. Maybe revisit in the future because I mean, thoroughbreds are are, are are fun breed, and and there's a lot of other horse breeds out there, you know, uh, that we can cover. But this one, it just made me smile thinking about them. All the ones I've worked with and ridden. Just thank you to the listeners. Thank you all for the uh, five-star reviews on iTunes and Spotify. And if you haven't done that, if you can just take 30 seconds or less and just go in there and and, and give us one, it helps so much increase the circulation and get this information out to horse owners worldwide. So, you know, thank you to our listeners outside the United States, around the world for listening. And uh, always check the show notes if you have any questions and stay tuned for another great topic next week. Thanks so much, Chris.